it's hot. It's hot. Okay. So good morning. Uh, I am Tom, and uh, so glad you're with us. And you came on a great Sunday. Like we we do this from time to time. This is not every week, um, but it's also not every week that we get to read uh, and and look at uh, the word a, on a subject that we're going to see today in Proverbs chapter five. We have been in um, we've been in the book of Proverbs now. This is this is our fifth week. But for four weeks thus far, we've been in the book of Proverbs looking at. Um, yeah, like what does it mean to be wise? We've been asking that question. How is it that God has, has directed us and moved us towards himself? Um, and, and so we're just going to keep rolling this morning, but we've been asking questions like, like uh, you know, uh, who doesn't want a better life? Like Proverbs presents, like, what does is, what is a good life look like? And we've asked that question. We've asked, um, why can't I get out of my own way? Like, why do I just keep sort of stumbling and tripping over the same things in my life? Uh, we've asked, is the path that I'm on in life really working? Like, is, is, is there a path in my life that, that, I'm, that I, I've chosen, that I'm moving on? Is it, is it actually producing good things for me? And we, we've asked, uh, last week, Armando asked us, like, what are we doing with the time that God's given us? Like, like God's put time in front of us, a, a, a life, and what are we doing with it? And this week, we're going to ask this question, okay, briefly, and then we're going to get to go talk about this. We're going to go back to our groups and, and talk about this. But why can't I get no satisfaction? Okay, 1965, the, the Stones, uh, Rolling Stones. Um, and and when, I, but I, when I hear that, I'm sure they had certain things in mind, but when I hear that, I think of this place, right? The crumble, if you haven't been to the crumble cookie store, avoid, if at all possible, okay? Because it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, and they're expanding like crazy. They're all over the place. Their new ones are popping up all the time. But, but Crumble Cookie makes like warm, fresh cookies, and, and they've got an app, and you just punch in the cookies you want, and all of them are good. And so, you, of course, you order one of each, and, you know, they come in the box, and, um, and, and you eat them before you get home so your kids don't get them from you. And, like, <laughs> it's just a, it's a thing, right? The, the Crumble Cookie. And, and, and the deal, and, and they are really sneaky, okay? They're really sneaky. Um, I'm a calorie counter. I know this, this will surprise some of you, but I'm a calorie counter. And I went on their website when I was ordering the cookies. And it said that their, their chocolate chip cookie is really good, okay? And it said that chocolate chip cookie has 190 calories. And I was like, I can eat four, <laughs> right? I can eat four. But then I checked, and the serving size of one cookie is four servings. So that cookie doesn't have 190 calories. It has four times that or whatever, right? So, so that, like, but man, you get into it, and why, and crumble cookies is one thing, but like, why, we get into it, and we just, like, I want, I want more, and I want more of it, and more, and more, and more, okay? And, and, and crumble does that to us, like, it, it's a thing. So, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 5, and, and it has something to say about our desire. If you've got a Bible, uh, feel free to, to follow along with, uh, with us in your own Bible, or, or take a look here on the screen where it says this, it says, my son, be attentive to, to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. You may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. We see this from time to time. These are the Proverbs of Solomon in the section where he's, he's giving instruction to, to maybe possibly his own son or sons, but, but it's, uh, it's couched in this father-son relationship. So keep moving. It says, verse 3, For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end... She is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. He turns the corner here and says, look, listen to what I'm saying in, in, in verse 1 and 2. Pay attention, lean in, listen closely. And then he says, he says look, there's a, there's a forbidden woman. And that word forbidden can mean a lot of things. 
Um, it it kind of comes from the word strange or foreign. We've seen him reference this in other passages but in, in Proverbs. But, but essentially what's happening here is like she's forbidden from you. She's not your spouse, okay? She's off limits. And that's what he's saying here. He says, now, she, she looks like honey, like smoother than oil. Like there's an attraction here. Obviously, there's something that draws the, the son, the young man to this, but there's a big but, right? Verse four, but... In the end, she's bitter as wormwood. I, don't, I, I only know wormwood from uh, screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis. I don't know how bitter it is, okay? But I imagine it's pretty bitter, okay? She's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Like, it, it, what comes off at first as, like, really sweet, really pleasing, and really smooth in the end is bitter, and it's sharp. Okay, it's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't go as promised at first glance. Keep reading verse 5. Then it says, her feet go down to death. Her steps, follow the, her steps follow the path to Sheol or the grave. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. Okay? It's an interesting way to say this. He says, look, like this, whole, this whole thing, this, this forbidden woman to you, she's enticing. She looks good, but it doesn't end the way that you want it to. Look, it says... If you follow along that path, if you go that way with her, it leads to death. It doesn't lead to life, okay? And so th- th- that's, that is, in, in some cases, in some ways to think about that, it very well could be like literally death, but primarily it's probably just saying like, like it leads to a way of life that's dead. Like it leads to sort of corruption and rot, right? Um, but it also says, if you look there at that in verse six, she doesn't ponder the path of her life. Her ways, she does, she, uh, uh, her ways wander. She doesn't know it. So it's a, kind of a way of saying like she's sort of just doing like what comes natural, okay? Sort of what comes natural. Now I want to pause here for just a second and say like it's really interesting that Solomon is writing this for several reasons. Um, first being that that Solomon himself, okay, was his mother and father. They came together through an adulterous relationship, okay. And that's, that's detailed for us in the book of, uh, of um, that's 2 Samuel, okay? It's detailed for us there. That, that his, his mother and his father, they came to be married through an, initially an adulterous relationship that was really like the worst of the worst, okay? His father had his, his mother's first husband killed, like it was a whole thing, okay? So this story of, of adultery leading to death was kind of like a family story for him. He knew it. Also, it's, it's ironic because um, we, if we, we know Solomon's story. In, in 1 Kings chapter 11, I want to read a little bit of this to you. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 10 in, in, in the Old Testament, it describes um, Solomon and the, the queen of Sheba, the Egyptian princess. But then in chapter 11, it says this about him. It says, now King Solomon loved many foreign women, like many strange forbidden women. He, he loved them. I, that's a, that's, <laughs> he was with them, Okay. Along with the daughter of Pharaoh, who was in chapter 10, it says Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations <clears throat> concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Okay? Like, this is Solomon's story. Like, it's just being recounted. But in, in, verse, uh, in verse 3, it, it quantifies. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And the wives turned away his heart. You remember, like, his, his guidance is this. Stay away from the forbidden woman. Like, don't go down this path. It leads to death. Okay? In his life, he went down that path, and it led to a spiritual death. Right? It, it led to a, a pattern in his life that led away from God. 
So let's see what else he says. Oh, sorry, I do have a couple more quick thoughts, sorry. Um, we can look at these things. I need to make a comment here just about the maleness and the femaleness of this. I feel compelled to do this, okay? And I just want to say, say a couple thoughts. Um, the first is that this is given from the perspective of a young man being tempted by a, by a woman, okay? But this is not a, a male-female thing in the sense of men are the only ones tempted, obviously, and, and females are the only ones who tempt or, or, or that, that create this kind of attraction, okay? Remember, it's the context of a father to son, so that helps for, like, understand like he's speaking to a young man, so that, that might help there. Also, this is not, in the context of this is not all women. I think in the, in the church, historically, we've sort of like done the, the there's, you can, we don't have the, the time to get into purity culture and all the different things that have gone on. But, but the point here, and we're going to see this very clearly, is it's the, 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 this, this woman is a temptation for the young man, and, and there may be women who are like intentionally alluring, but it's, this is not to say all women are, okay? Are we careful with that? Is that a fair caveat on this? Um, well, a couple more things. I mean, with Solomon's story, um, you know, power and sex are a bad combination, aren't they? Like, if, if, we, if we sort of learn any lesson over and over and over again, it's, it's that powerful people, particularly powerful men, have a, have a tendency to abuse sexual relationships with women. And, and, and Solomon himself knew that, okay? Um, and, and one more thing on this is that, that I know, again, in this, in this story, the, the young man is being tempted by the, the woman, but throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom is also personified as a woman, okay? This is not like women bad, men good. Um, and just in chapter four, last week, we saw like, like the, the, that wisdom is personified as, as a woman. Like, like it, so it's not, this is not a case of like, it would, be, it would be unfair to come at this and say that, that this is speaking down to women or it's saying that women are intentionally somehow, uh, like all women are guilty of this. Okay, I just feel like a few of those things to say before we move on and look at the rest of this. So Solomon's going to give us some more wisdom on this. And keep reading with me. Chapter 5, verse 7 says, Now, O sons, listen to me. <clears throat> it says, listen again. Do not depart from the words of my, ma- my mouth. And then verse 8, keep your way far from her. Don't go near the door of her house. Listen, he says, listen. Okay, he said listen early on in verse one. But he says it again, listen. Like lean into this with your, with your ear. Like pay close attention. Stay as far away from that temptation as you can. This is the key, right? Don't, get, don't even get close because there's consequence. Look at what he goes on. Last, which is another way of saying unless you want, like unless you want these things, Unless you want to give your honor to others and your hearts or your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. He says, says, stay away from her unless what you want is to give away your honor, to give away your your time, to give away your strength and your work. Keep reading. And at the end of your life, he says, you'll groan when your flesh and your body are consumed. You'll say, how I hated discipline. My heart despised reproof. He says, when it's all said and done, there's like this groaning, this things did not go the way that I had planned, that I had intended. Ugh, right? This is not what I meant to happen. You groan, you'll be spent, you'll have regret. And look what he, where he goes there. He says, and, and you'll say, I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I'm on the brink of utter ruin as in the assembled congregation, okay? This is, this is interesting in a lot of historical stuff here, but he's just saying, like, listen, 
like, at, you don't want to get to the end with the regret of, I had an option. I had an option not to, but I didn't listen. I didn't listen. I didn't pay attention. Right? We don't want that regret. He's, and he says that leads to embarrassment, right? I'm, I'm ruined, and I'm ruined in front of everyone. They all see it. This is similar to, um, again, it's fascinating. Um, this is similar to the consequence that his father David had after a sin with Bathsheba. Okay? Before, when, it was, when he was found out, the consequences, one of the consequences was that you've done this thing in private, the prophet says to him, but, but your, like, your punishment's going to be on display for everyone. Like, you tried to hide it, but it's going to be on display. Like, you're going to be, it will be embarrassing for you. Right? So he keeps going. Verse 15, he says this. In contrast, stay away from her. Don't go near her. In contrast, drink water from your own cistern. Anybody with a cistern these days? My, my folks had one. Some of Yes, I know some of you are familiar with the wonders of the cistern. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Poetic language to say, should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Okay? Um, just, uh, poetic language to say, like, like, God has given a way for your thirst to be quenched. Okay? He's given a way for your thirst to be quenched. Like, do you want to drink from a shared cup? I have two bottles here, right? I have two bottles. One of these, the seal is unbroken. It's brand new. The other one, I have drank from, but also returned to. Which one of these do you want to drink from? Right? Which spring do you want? Actually, I've forgotten, so don't take it from me. Okay? Which one of these do you want? You want the one that's... that's Yours, like that's just yours alone. Fair? Drink from your own well. Okay? Drink from your own well. Have you noticed there's this interesting thing that's going on? Um, and, um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, we have time, right? We have time. There's this interesting thing that's going on where, like, celebrity guys are unsatisfied. It's kind of famous, right? But, but I, think it's, I think it's funny and fascinating at the same time. Did you know that Tom Cruise has had three wives... And all of them he's divorced when they reached age 33. Now, he keeps getting older, okay? The first one was actually older than him. They divorced when she hit 33. And then he was married to Nicole Kidman. He, they divorced when she was 33. And then the third one, I don't remember, but divorced her when she was 33. Now, not to be outdone, sorry, somebody built this chart. and You can't see it. But this is a chart of um, Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends, Okay? <laughs> And it shows how, like, the yellow line is him getting older, but the green bar graph is the age of his girlfriends when he's, like, publicly attached to them. And at 25 years old, he dumps them, right? He's got this, like, fascination with upgrading or something. Like, it's, but it's terrible, isn't it? And it's pathetic, okay? I'm sorry, but it's pathetic. It's transparent. It's just gross. But, the, like, what Solomon is saying is, like, be satisfied with, like, like someone said, God has given you an outlet for your desire, okay? He's given you an outlet for your desire, and this is not his intention. This is not what God has promised. So, so look at this, uh, look at where, where he goes from here, okay? He says, let them, let, let your wife be for, for you alone, okay? For you alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Take joy, celebrate the, the wife, or, or we, again, to make this like the spouse of your youth. Keep reading. 
She's a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Take pleasure in her. God has designed this relationship for our desire. Okay? Be intoxicated always with her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a foreign woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? It's a fair question for Solomon to ask and be asked about, right? Right? He should have taken his own advice here. Proverbs 5 has just one more thought, okay? And we're going to get you back in groups to talk about this. I know you guys are ready. But it has one more thought, and it's, it's one of those, like, haunting things in the Scriptures. Look at what it says to close out this chapter. It says, For a man's or woman's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. He ponders all his path. He sees it all. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. Do you catch this? The, the, a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. Like, God sees it. He knows. He knows what's in our heart. We can't hide it from him. We may think that we're telling, or we may convince ourselves that we're, we're successfully hiding something, but God sees our sin, and it ends here. He dies for lack of wisdom. Because of his great folly, he's led astray. You see, we get into these things, and we want it to be, notice what, why this is not the woman's fault. It started with there's a temptation that's present, and it looks good, but trust me, it's not as good as it looks, he says. But at the end, he also doesn't say it's the woman's fault, right? He dies for lack of discipline. He, wouldn't, he, he, got, he got too close. He kept getting as close as he could. And because of his great folly, he's led astray. Because of his foolishness. We can't avoid temptation in the world, right? It's going to be present. It's what we do with it. It's what we do with it. And so to, to sum up, to sum up, he says this. We could say that wisdom is eliminating options in life that will only bring me trouble. Remember what, he, what, what Solomon said to us there? Stay as far away as you can. To the married folks in the room, there's no other option for you but your spouse. That's, what, that's, that's God's message. Eliminate the other options. Don't play the game of what if. Don't start to wonder, would it be better if? Don't start questioning, can I, like, Goodness, my, my wife is over 25 or 33. Do I, is it time for an upgrade? It's not. Eliminate those options. That's wisdom. And in eliminating, turn your attention to the outlet that God has given you. Now, it's, talk, it's said, it's, here it's about, right? It's about our sexuality. It's about our desire sexually. But this this could apply to any number of areas in our life. So you get to talk about those. So why can't I get no satisfaction? It's not because the world can't provide it. It's not because there isn't satisfaction to be had, at least not according to this. The root cause of my lack of satisfaction is me. Right? I am my problem. I want more. I want better. I believe that that's true, but I'm wrong. Right? We want something other than what God has blessed us with. And the message of Proverbs 5, the wisdom is, God has given us everything that we need to satisfy our desires. Everything that we need. We don't need four cookies. One quarter of one cookie is apparently one serving. Okay? All right. 
But God has, God has given us an outlet for our desire. And he wants us, he's intending for us, and there's consequences if we don't, stay in that relationship, that covenant, okay? All right, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna put you back in your groups, and you get to share some thoughts on desire, okay? All right, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you that you've, um, you have, um, that you, you, as you promise us, you give us um, what we need in this life. We ask for your help, um, we ask for your guidance, even as we talk through this, to help us understand what it is that, um, that you've given us and, and where to, to lead and go. And, and um, God, help us to be satisfied with, with, uh, with your blessings. And, and um, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.